Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. chapter number 15 and I'm going to read it verses 1 through 4 and then skip down to verse number 11 and read that verse 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4 Bible says Paul writing to the church at Corinth he says moreover brethren I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you which also ye have received and wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Now this is where I skip to verse 11. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preached, so we preach rather, and so ye believed. Very simply today, I want to talk to you about the good news. I want to talk to you about the good news. Our, our uh, airwaves and news media, whether it's paper or television, have enough bad news. Your life probably has a steady diet of that uh, through social media feeds and this murdered so-and-so, another shooting here, so-and-so died. It proliferates everything that we hear and say. So I want to just line up alongside the Apostle Paul and just talk to you about some good news. Wouldn't you like to hear some good news today? Some good news this morning. Father, we come to you. We're so grateful, Lord Jesus, God, for this place, this house of worship. God, this building, Lord, that you have afforded us, Lord, to come to. And God, lift up hands of praise. And Lord, have music, Lord Jesus, and be mindful of you in this place. I pray, oh Lord, that you're able to help us, God, in our efforts this morning as we would praise and worship. Lord, let someone's life, God, be challenged and changed by the word of the Lord. God, let hope, God, be instilled in our lives. Hope, Lord, within our souls. God will not fail to thank you and praise you God for that hope Lord in a, in a time of hopelessness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray amen everyone say amen you may be seated this morning in Jesus name the good the good the good news the word gospel in the scripture basically means good news it means good good proclaim or good tell Thus, good news or glad tidings is in essence what it means whenever someone says they shared the gospel with someone or that a preacher or an apostle preached the gospel, it's that he preached the good news. Even before Calvary uh, ever happened in Scripture, thousands of years ago now, we are removed from that. Jesus, in his earthly ministry, came preaching the good news of the kingdom. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the disciples then uh, were commissioned and told to preach the gospel or preach the good news. It is described in detail in the scriptures really that I read to you today that the gospel in essence is this. It is the death and it is the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it might be hard to begin to uh, balance that and equate that. How can death and burial in particularly be a part of an equation of good news? How can that be good news? Yet that is exactly what this good news is, this gospel is. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For that matter, in the history of the world, there has been no better news than that news that takes place in the gospel. When we look, though, in the Old and the New Testament, as is today, I guess so it was then in many respects, there is a lot of bad news. A lot of bad news that litters the pages of the Bible from the Old and the New Testament. There are some accounts. I want to share just a few of them with you today. Here's some of the bad news of the Old Testament. The Bible says that Sarah died and that Abraham buried his wife. The Bible says that Abraham, it termed it like this, that he gave up the ghost and died. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael 
buried him. Man, that's some bad news. Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, she died and was buried. In the Old Testament then, later, Rachel died and was buried. Isaac, the Bible says, it's described that he gave up the ghosts and died, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Miriam, a woman of the Old Testament, died there, and the Bible says was buried there, meaning the place where she died is the place that she was buried. There and there is an Aaron. Aaron died and he was buried. And Eleazar, the Bible says, died and they buried him. Gideon, uh, that is quite known in Scripture, died and was buried. Then the Bible says that Jephthah, that he died. I know this is getting almost depressing, isn't it? And was buried. Then in the New Testament, we come over and really not much of the bad news has changed. John the Baptist, Scripture says, was beheaded. And his disciples came and they took up his body. And guess what they did? They buried him. A rich man, spoken of in Scripture, also died in the New Testament. And he was buried. Ananias gave up the ghost, fell down dead. And the Bible says the young men came in, wound him up carried him out, and they buried him. Amen. So there's this common format of bad news in Scripture that whenever someone dies, you bury them, and that's kind of the end of the story, the extent of it all. But whenever we talk about the good news of 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible says that Christ died and that he was buried, but he rose again. Littered throughout the pages from Old to New Testament, they are dying and they are burying, and that's the end of the story. But with Christ Jesus, he died, and they buried him, but that wasn't the end of the story. He rose again. Folks, I'm talking to you today about the best good news that there is concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may say, good news, Brother McGee. Yeah, good news. There's good news, no doubt, in the idea that he rose again or that there was a resurrection, and that is good news. But I want you to know the only reason why there is the resurrection is because somebody died amen and the pattern that was set in scripture took place they died and they were buried and so the good news isn't just the resurrection the good news is all three of those steps a death a burial and a resurrection someone say amen when we talk about the good news this morning, the good news must be preached and the good news, according to the word of the Lord, must be taught. The Bible says in Mark 16 and verse 15, Jesus speaking unto his disciples before he ascended unto heaven, he said, he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel or the good news to every creature. His instruction to his disciples was to preach the good news. This followed his own personal resurrection after he died and was buried and rose again. After all of that happened, he says, I want you to go forward and I want you to tell people about the good news that I died, that I was buried, but I'm alive again. Before he ever ascended into heaven, he says, I'm commissioning you and I'm telling you to spread the good news of all of what has happened in my own life. It must be preached, he said, to every creature it must be preached to the whole world tell them about the good news because see people up to that moment in time was just living with the idea life consists only of this that you live your life you come to a moment that you die and then you're buried but the hope of Jesus Christ gave them this life isn't just about living now and dying and then being buried and it's over there is hope for a tomorrow after death after burial through Christ Jesus because as he arose you can arise too if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelleth in you the Bible says it shall quicken your mortal body that's good news he says we need to let the world know about it they must all know teach it preach it about my death burial and my resurrection and so the gospel was preached by his disciples they were very intentional about doing this and it had to be preached because it, it, it sped up if you will the process of the Lord coming again unto them came the first time we've been looking a little bit at in our second Peter series on Wednesdays he came the first time in Bethlehem's manger but whenever he ascended into glory he told them he was going to 
to come. He told them, and he came on the day of Pentecost by virtue of the Holy Ghost. But even beyond that of him living inside of us today because of the Holy Ghost, he is going to come again a second time back for his church, back for those he calls his. But the reason why the good news needed to be spread according to him is that it would speed up the process of him returning back for his church. He said in Matthew, I got a lot of scripture today, but he said in Matthew 24 and verse 14, he said this gospel or this good news of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then he says, and then shall the end come. You know what he's saying? He said, it's going to be preached. I told him to preach it. That was my commission to my disciples. Go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. He says, so it's going to be preached to the whole world. It's going to be a witness to the people that life doesn't have to end. And life doesn't, for any of us, end at death. There is a life per se to come. There is an afterlife. He says, but whenever this gets into all nations, he said, then shall the end come. What he's saying is this, I'm going to come back from a church once this proliferates throughout the world and through society and they've heard about my death, my burial, my resurrection and the possibility of them having it as well. And so the more that we talk about it, the more that we preach it, the more that we tell our neighbor, you know what we're saying? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come back for your people. Just because we're spreading the good news. We got a lot of insight from the Apostle Paul, not just from 1 Corinthians 15, but concerning this preaching of the good news. Paul, having written approximately two-thirds of the New Testament Scripture from Matthew to the book of Revelation, approximately two-thirds of that, we get little glimpses of Paul's Preaching and teaching of the good news. According to the Apostle Paul in Acts 16 and verse 10, he said, the Lord hath called us for to preach the gospel. He has called us. Amen. He's referring back to that commission going to all the world. He's called us to preach the good news. In Romans 1 and verse 15, Paul even said this. He said, I am ready, he said, to preach the gospel or the good news. He said in Romans 15 and verse 20, he said, I strive to preach the good news. In Galatians 2.2, he said, communicated unto them that good news. This is something that he was ready to do, he strived to do, and he communicated. That's past tense. He did do. Paul understood the necessity of preaching the good news, so much so that he stated in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 16, he said, woe is me if I preach not the good news. He says, he says, I've been told to do it. I'm ready to do it. I'm striving to do it. I have done it, and woe is me if I don't do it. Honey, if there's a message that should be upon our lips, even as children of God, it should be talking about how Christ died for you, Christ was buried for you, and Christ got up so you could get up. Hallelujah. That is some good news. The good news must be preached because it is the only way, it is the only means that we are born or we are birthed spiritually if we obey the pattern of death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the only way. Not in a multiplicity of ways. It is the only way. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 15, Paul says, For thou, though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, he says, I have begotten you through the gospel. You've been begotten through the good news of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you're reading through your Bible and you come to Acts chapter number 8, and you're reading the story of a disciple of the Lord by the name of Philip, who there was a eunuch sitting in a chariot out in the desert that was reading the scripture of Isaiah. He wasn't quite understanding what he was reading according to Acts 8, but Philip was sent out there to be a witness, to be a preacher and a teacher of the 
good news to this one individual in the desert sitting in his chariot. He began, as he approached the man, asked him, do you understand what you're reading, Philip? Uh, the, the eunuch said, no, sir, I don't. And so Philip joins this man in his chariot, the Bible tells us, and began, amen, to preach to this man, Jesus. He started with the humiliation of Jesus Christ, speaking about his persecution and speaking about his death, speaking about everything he went through that led up to the cross. He began to tell this eunuch everything about his death. And evidently, though, Philip did not just talk about his death. Evidently, he preached the good news to this man that was in the chariot, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. The reason why I say that and I glean that is because a little while later, as they are going along, the eunuch says, hey, look over here. He's pointing out that there is water. Amen. And what hindereth me from being baptized. Now he's not going to talk about that if he hadn't been told something about that. And so so Philip didn't just talk to him about the death and the humiliation of the Lord. Evidently he talked to him about the burial. Amen. Which our baptism is likened unto. He told him about the baptism of the Lord. Amen. And so oh yes. Uh Hallelujah. He's sharing with him uh, this means by which this man might be begotten, if you will, by the good news. When we go to Acts chapter number 2, which the Pentecostals, but any Christian of any age should love and adore, Acts chapter number 2, it's in verses 23 through 24 that we read about the message of Peter on the day of Pentecost. The message of Peter on the day of Pentecost wasn't verse 38. No, that was just Peter responding to a question. Peter's message on the day of Pentecost are verses 23 and 24 where he was preaching to them. Guess what he was talking to them about? The good news. He was talking to them about the death and the burial of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just real quickly want to go there just to read it in your hearing this morning. Acts 2 verses 23 and 24. The Bible said him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Ye have taken, he's speaking of Jesus Christ, by wicked hands have ye crucified and slain. He says that's what y'all did to him. You crucified him and, and you, you, you took his life. Verse 24 whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. And so here's Peter. He's talking to them about crucifying him. Putting him to death and he says in verse 24 that he was raised up. He doesn't talk about the burial because it's known from Old Testament and New Testament. We already looked at it. The bad news is always this they die and then you bury he says you all killed him what do you do with the people that are dead it's 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 known that you bury him but he says in verse 24 he raised up but after peter's been preaching all these words and these people have heard it they say in verse 37 well now when they heard this they were pricked in their heart and said unto peter and to the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do because they understood in that moment they had taken the life of an innocent man they had killed him they put him in the ground and he got up again what shall we do Peter says I'll tell you what you can do then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and when you repent you die like he died and when you're buried in his name you're buried like he was buried and whenever you receive the Holy Ghost you come up in the newness of life you arise from where you were That's being begotten by the good news. Says we gotta we gotta preach it, we gotta teach it because it's the only way, it's the only means in which we're begotten through the good news. We gotta have the good news. It's gotta be preached, it's gotta be taught so that it can be received. Mm -hmm. Romans 10, verses 13 through 15. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Key time, not just to take one verse out of the Bible and cherry pick. Read it all. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear 
or receive here without a preacher. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the good news of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. As it stated in verse number 11 of our scripture text today, it didn't matter whether it was the apostle Paul and it didn't matter if it was someone else, amen, that came ministering the gospel. But what mattered was this, they did preach and that they did speak the good news unto the people. And when the good news was spoken unto the people, the Bible oftentimes says that the people Believed. This verse expresses the very dynamics, if you will, of the good news. We preach, we teach, and those that hear it believe. But the preaching always precedes the believing. It takes the preaching and the teaching of the gospel. The gospel must be preached so that somebody can receive it. And the gospel being on their end must be received. Someone say amen. That's the way the gospel is. That's the way it's conveyed. That's the way it's designed. It's almost like trying to transmit and receive. It's almost like the airways. You know, right now there's a gazillion airways, especially as generations went on, they have increased. There are generation, there's all kinds of airwaves uh, going through, sound waves going through our air. And there's some broadcasting station over at a distance, and they're broadcasting a signal of a sound wave in the air. And you, you're, you're, you know, you're in your car, or you're wherever you're at, you got your little dial, and you're putting in there's 94.4, or you're doing seek. Why do you do that? You're wanting to see what sound waves are available in your area. And whenever it hits the frequency of one of those waves, you got sound. You're hearing whatever they're saying. You're hearing whatever is taking place. And so you got this, this strength, the radio signal, if it's real strong, if it's real clear, and if you are at the right frequency. <laughs> if, if, if it's a strong signal and you got, are on the right frequency, you're going to be hearing something. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you're tuned in on the same frequency and the same channel, you're going to be hearing what they're conveying. Amen. Have you ever go said, you know what, that station just ain't real clear today? Huh? In the, in the old days when we didn't have that fine-tuning of the dot thing and you just had the radio, you know, a little dial there and you're trying to, and you, you're shifting your hand back and forth. What was you trying? You're trying to get it more clear, wasn't you? Trying to remove some of the static. Amen. There's, there's, and here's the thing. Whenever it's not clear, it may be that the, the signal from the station might not be very strong. Or it might be that you're having problems getting on the right frequency. Sometimes whenever I'm talking about conveying the good news, we get in those circumstances in the church. But I can guarantee you this. There's nothing wrong with the signal that he's sending. I just got to get on the right frequency where it's at and I'm going to hear the sound. There's two reasons why the good news might not be received. Number one, it might not be in preach, but on the other hand, there might be others that's just not quite tuned in and dialed in today. But I guarantee you this this morning, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. If we'll just find the frequency of His Spirit this morning, we can receive, if you will, the reception of the signal today and it'll be loud and it'll be clear. Hallelujah, someone say amen. Part of the reason of the church's existence, the church helps us, if you will, get us on the right frequency to hear what needs to be heard. I want a, I want a strong signal. I don't, I don't want a lot of static. <laughs> I don't want a lot of static. I want a strong signal. The Bible says in James 1 and verse 21, wherefore, Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So to receive the good news is also then to be obedient to the good news you're receiving. To be obedient, if you will, uh, to the word of God that is being preached. Verse 16 of Romans 10 tells us that after the preaching of the good news, that not everybody obeyed. 
after the preaching of the good news. 2 Thessalonians 1.8 says it like this, inflaming fire, take vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are you saying? Saying the good news went out, but they never got on the frequency of the good news. They, 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 right now, there's so many air sound waves going forth. If you could dial into every frequency, you would get it. But if you don't get dialed in, it's going to be as though it don't even exist. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I, I got to get dialed in. And so I got to preach the gospel. We got to. We've been commissioned to. It's our only means of being begotten. It's our only means of being born again. Amen. We got to receive it. We got to believe it. We got to be obedient to it. And we got to stand on it. We got to stand on the gospel. Once received, the gospel will give you stability. Mm-hmm. And in a slippery time, we need some stability. In a slippery age, we need to be able to keep our feet up underneath us. Amen? The Bible says in Proverbs 4, verses 11 and 12, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble i need the gospel in order to help give me stability second samuel 22 and verse 32 or 34 rather says he maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon high places in verse 37 it says thou hast enlarged my steps under me so that my feet did not Slip. We can take a stand on his death, burial, and resurrection. This is greater than anything else. You, they have all these other gods, people that people uh, respect and are heroes in their life. But if you, 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 you know, they oftentimes say, I'll say it again this morning. You go, you can go to Confucius's grave. And he lived a life. He died. And that's the place where they buried him. You can go to Hare Krishna's grave. And he lived a life. Amen. He died. And that's where they buried him. You can name any notable person any pope of the catholic church from this day backward amen you can go out to some catholic cemetery you'll see where they lived their life when they were born and when they died and that's where they remain but if you were to go to jerusalem today and go to the tomb where they laid the body of the lord jesus yes he did die yes he was buried but he's not there because he arose again honey i'm telling you today that is some good news and that will bring stability to your life i'm not i'm not leaning on something that is aged over dead and incomplete and no more I'm leaning on something that was dead but is alive forevermore That's, yes hallelujah and so if the good news will be preached and we'll receive it and obey it and if we'll stand on it it will save us the good news will save us Romans 6 Verse 3, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ. Here it is. We're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So what Paul's doing here for the Roman church, the church of Rome is this. He's showing them the parallels that they can be crucified with him they can die with him. They can be buried with him through baptism. And they can also walk with newness of life with him through his arising and through his resurrection. See, what sets the good news aside from other teaching, from any other religion, is the resurrection. That's what sets it aside than any other news out there of any other religion. It is good news because of its resurrection. Amen. Many people of biblical culture today did not believe in the resurrection. Uh, for the church at Corinth in particular, they didn't deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But here's what they couldn't wrap their minds or their hands around. They could not consider that they could resurrect someday. 
they, uh, they, many of them held to the fact that Christ got up from the grave, but they couldn't swallow the idea that maybe they could, that their body could. And so that's the reason then why Paul addressed that mindset with them just a little later in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 13. This is what he said to them. He said, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, he said, if there's no possibility for your bodies getting up, if there be no resurrection of the dead, he said, then is Christ not risen. He says then in verse 17, and if Christ be not risen or raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. He says, what good is it till you believe that Christ got up from the grave, but the same power that got him up can't get you up. He says, if he didn't raise, if resurrection, you say resurrection can't happen for you, then Christ is arisen and you're still dead in your sins because whenever he went to the cross, he took your sins with him to the cross. He died as a result of your sins. And if that's the case, then your sins are just in the ground dead somewhere if he never got up. Someone say amen. <laughs> Christ died, he said, for you. Amen. For our selfish independence, for our rejection of his way. Christ died for them all. This is what the Bible says in Isaiah 53 and 5, speaking of Christ Jesus. This is, these are words of prophecy from Isaiah, speaking of a day that was yet to come. Amen. Hallelujah. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. And have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him. Speaking of Jesus Christ. The iniquity of us all. And so whenever I understand that. All that was wrong with me. Out of kelter with me. Was laid on him. Put on him. Fastened to him. And so when he. He died. He took my sin and my wrong with him to that death. When he was buried, he took my wrong and all those things that I had done that is hideous to the grave. Someone say amen. But if that's where it stopped, all I got is sin in the grave. If that's where it stopped, all I have is a body that lived a life and died and that was in the grave. But thanks be to Jesus, Paul said this. He said anything that you, you guys know this, many of you do. He says, but anything you put into the ground will not come up out of the ground the same way. You put an acorn in the ground, it's going to come up out of the ground as a tree, as an oak tree. He says if Christ went in the ground, with your sin and with your turmoil when he got up out of the ground it's no longer sin it's no longer turmoil it's liberty it's forgiveness it's oh yes, yes and when you go down in the watery grave of baptism you do not come up the same way that you went down your sins are washed away yes. hallelujah that's good news that's good news for me. That's good news for the church. That's good news for someone that's struggled with sin their years upon this earth, but then are begotten by the good news. That's... Woo! Someone say amen. Mm. <laughs> Whew. We don't have to die in our sins. We can die prematurely through watery graves of baptism and repentance and be separated from our sins. You don't want your final hour on earth here to be the moment that you die in your sins. No, you need to find a position before that death. To come to a watery grave of baptism and die so that you're separated from your sins. Mm. That's good news. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 2. Paul says, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So I didn't come with 
some excellent speech. Didn't come with man's wisdom. Didn't come. Matter of fact, I don't need to know. I didn't because Corinthian. It was a church. Okay, it was a church made up of real people. They had divisions. They had schisms. They had some people that had a hard time keeping on the right track. They had all kinds of problems. There's a church. In case anybody had figured out, I don't care what church you go to. They go have their problems. Because they're all made up of imperfect people. And they'll be that way till rapture day. So welcome to the problematic family. It's just the dynamic of a church, any church. I don't care how much they might try to walk the dog in front of you. We all got our problems. But he says, I don't need to know anything among you. He said, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul boils it all down to this. The only knowledge I need to know is him and him crucified. Note, though, Paul didn't say, all I need to know is Jesus Christ and his death burial and resurrection. He just said, all I need to know is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The reason why Paul said that because again, the natural pattern is this. Dead bodies become buried bodies. <laughs> Dead bodies become buried bodies. And whenever he's talking about all I need to know is Jesus Christ, he's, always, he's not just talking about any person's crucifix. He's not talking about one of the thieves on either side of Christ. All, all I, he didn't say all I need to know is the crucifix. He says all I need to know is Jesus Christ and his crucifix. Because he knows the pattern of his crucifix would be the same as any death then burial. But of this man in particular, Jesus Christ, it's death, burial, uh-oh, resurrection. <laughs> Only thing I need to know is about his, his crucifix. Because there's a natural flow of, from Jesus' crucifix that leads to burial and that leads to new life. Let me tell you this morning, if you're at stage one of the good news of gospel and all you've done is repented, amen, the natural flow is this. After you die, it's time to be buried. After you die, it's time to be buried. And Peter gave us the guarantee. If you die and you're buried, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's just a natural flow. It's just a, oh yes. Good news. It's a natural pattern of good news modeled by Christ in his life. Mm -hmm. Someone say amen. Again, many of the Corinthians thought, that they, if they were to resurrect, they'd resurrect in the same body that they died with. But it doesn't matter, saved or unsaved, everybody's going to resurrect someday. That's according to the word of the Lord. <laughs> you're either resurrecting to damnation, Scripture says, or you're resurrecting to, unto hope. Everybody's going to resurrect. But the same body that you, that you go on the ground with is not the same body you're going to come in resurrection with. Someone say Amen. There'll be a difference. There'll be a difference. Christ, even speaking of himself, said these words. He said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. It's more than just taking corns of wheat or any seed for that matter, subjecting it to the ground, even bearing it for that matter. You know, seeds have that hole or that shell about them that they surrender to the ground. It breaks open. They surrender to that ground. It's only through the surrendering of that hole and that shell to the ground and the breaking that you ever see any fruit of the seed get above the ground. You know, sometimes seeds enter those uh, processes called, they, they, they get in dormant times. They're not breaking open. They're not surrendering their hull to the ground. And whenever there's dormancy, there's no activity above the surface. But if they could ever, if there would ever be an engagement, there's seeds that do that come out of dormancy back into germination. Where they come out of dormancy and they surrender the hull of the seed to the ground, it's not going to be long. You'll see something sprouting up above the ground. But it won't be of the same manner of that which was put in the ground. I'm confident today that there's been times a lot of seed that's been planted in the lives of people that's even coming to the church. And sometimes they're just in a dormant seed. A dormant seed time. Nothing's come above the ground. 
But honey, I believe by the power of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit that I even feel here this morning that there can be something that can initialize a germination. That they'll just break open themselves, their lives, and surrender what they want, if you will, to the soil. And something can come from sprouting forth. Honey, all of that, all of that from beginning to end is nothing but good, good news. Whenever... Whenever the Lord spoke to them in Mark 16, told them to go on into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 16, verse 15, then Mark 16, 16. He continued to tell them that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall, shall be damned. So he's talking about them preaching the gospel and he's talking to them about being them buried in baptism. And when we understand this burying with baptism again, I want to reiterate because Paul does this in the New Testament scripture. It's not like he just talks about this in one little corner over here. He talks about this over and over and over and over. Colossians 2.12. He said, buried with him in baptism. Speaking about being buried with Christ in baptism. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. Who have raised him from the dead. Now this is, a, this is important, I think, to me. Another good thing about the good news. When it talks about we are risen with him, Colossians 2.12, risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. The word choice there in the original language, the Greek language, the word choice there is it's, it marks a continuation of what has started. In other words, it's not that you just rise, you rise and you keep rising. Hallelujah. It's not you, that, that, that you, you got up, but you got up and you keep getting up and going. That's the good news of the gospel. It doesn't just, it, you know, for Jesus, it's not that he arose from the dead on the third day and then on the fourth day he was dead again. You understand what I'm saying? It's that when he got up, he continued. As a matter of, matter of fact, before ascension, the Bible says for 40 days, he shoot himself alive after his passion. He shoot himself alive to his disciples for 40 days before he ever arose. You know what he was doing in those 40 days? Proving to them, I'm alive. Come over here and I'll eat with them and I'll walk through a wall over here with them and I'll meet them out at the shore and call to them, children, you have any bread? And what was he doing? He was proving to them day three just wasn't a moment in time. It was day three onward. I'm alive and I'm still alive, guys. 40 days later before I send to heaven, just wanting you all to know before I go, I'm still living. Man, that's the good news of the gospel. It's not about just separating you from sin, taking away, amen, sin. But it's about whenever you get up from all that, living a life in conquering and overcoming sin. Conquering and overcoming. Are you saying we're never going to fall? Yes, we'll fall. But I'm saying you got a power now living inside of you that you're more than a conqueror today than what you were yesterday. Because greater is he that's within you than he that is in the world. That's good news. You'll stand with me this morning. That's good news. That's good news. Paul told Timothy concerning Jesus Christ, he spoke of Jesus as one that abolished death. He abolished death. As a matter of fact, he has so much power over death. Bible tells of us in that same chapter of 1 Corinthians 15 of that coming, that rapture, that catching away of the church. How in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, <laughs> at the last trump, that the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Whew. We're going to be buried in corruption. We can by virtue of his spirit, if we have it, raised incorruptible. It says we shall be changed. This corruption must put on incorruption. This moral must put on immortality. And so when corruption have put on incorruption, immortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying as it is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? 
O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which have given us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ, namely through the good news of his death, burial, and resurrection. And as a result of that, he promises and tells them, Thus, therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labors be not in vain. He says, I got some good news for you. The old timers would say it like this, it just gets gooder and gooder. Just, <laughs> the good news just gets gooder and the gooder. Good news. Good news. Because the fact of the matter is this. If we follow not the pattern of repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, if we, if we follow not the pattern of his death, burial, and resurrection, then we will die in our sin. We'll be buried in corruption. We'll be buried in a, 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 a pattern. We'll be buried in a, a, a mode of corruption and we'll be raised in a mode of corruption. We'll be buried immortal and we'll raise, if you will, in a horrific condition. Oh, yeah, there'll be a change, but the only real change, if we do not have the Lord take care of the sin issue in our life, the only change that we'll really have is a body that will be able to endure eternity. But the destinies of those that have had the alteration of Christ in their life and those that have not will be entirely different. Between the rich man and Lazarus, the Bible says there was a great chasm that was between the two that you one could not even get to the other. But it was in the moment that, that we hear the rich man that he would lift up his eyes in hell and ask that there would just even be a drop of water to be able to lay to his tongue that it would cool him. Why? There's fire and torment. There's a change that as he's been given a body, it's going to be able to live forever. But it's living in a forever place of destruction and damnation. Why? Because he never received the good news. And when I say received, I mean he's never obeyed the good news of death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. Can we bow our eyes in this place, or our heads, and close our eyes in this place today? I want you to know that the good news, I've been trying to, trying to share that with you this morning. That you can, according to scripture, we can approach the Lord and we can repent of our sins. We can come to the Lord. We can just be honest with him and repent of our sins. The word repentance is just basically a 180 degree turn. It's a turning away from. You can turn away from sin and turn toward God. That is possible today. That is a choice. That is a decision that is up to us. And I guarantee you this scripture says that when even one person repents, that all of heaven is rejoicing over that action of repentance. Amen. Over one soul. Amen. That's capable today. If you repent, we can baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And we use the name of Jesus Christ because that's where the power and the authority is. It is associated with the name. Around here, we do not do it in the, in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Those are just titles, but we do it in the name. Transactions can happen by the name. We do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because that's where the power and the authority is. And so when you're buried with him in baptism, amen, the Bible says you can also Raise with, rise with him in newness of life. You can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God in you. And as I said earlier, if that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if it dwells in you, that is exactly what the Scripture says, if it dwells in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. What's that saying? That whenever resurrection day comes, that you'll get up out of the ground and you'll be changed. And it won't just be a body that can endure, but it'll be a body that can endure, endure in an eternity that's been prepared for you called heaven. That Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I shall come again and receive you into myself. For in my father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Honey, that's what's happening right now he is in preparation mode for his church and i want to be in preparation mode to be his bride hallelujah can we just begin to talk to the lord this morning this altar is open if anybody would just like to play out if you will that good news in their life today this altar is open for repentance we can come to the lord laden with our sin calvary's already happened he's already died for it. hallelujah but we just need to re receive the truth of that in our own lives come we can confess that he says if we will confess it he is just he is just 
that he'll forgive us. He'll cleanse us of all of our sins. Sin is a separator. Sin separates us from God. It always did. It's sin of the first transgression in the garden of Eden with Adam and Eve when they partook of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Every day they would have communion with God in the garden. Every day they had that opportunity, that, 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 that relationship with God. But the moment that they transgressed, the moment that sin entered the picture, now we see that they are set outside of the confines of the garden. There's an angel with a flaming sword that is protecting its entrance. Why? Because sin, transgression, always will separate you from God. He'll always separate you from God. But if we can get, get somehow taken care of the sin issue, then that bridges the gap, that heals the separation, that wall of partition is broken down, and we can have free access to the Spirit and the power of God like Adam and Eve did before there was ever sin that took place in the garden. We can have communion with our Lord and He with us. That's the reason one of the great things that He spoke in the book of Revelation to the church of Laodicea. You hear the Scripture saying that behold, He said, I knock at the door. If any man will hear my voice and let me in, I will sup with him and he with me. Why? He said there was a separation there. He said, but listen right now, I'm knocking, I'm knocking, but you got to receive me. you got to allow me in. But if you'll allow me in, we'll have communion with one another just like Adam and Eve did of old before sin ever entered the picture. God is willing to do that today. Do you hear the knock of the Savior's hand upon the door? Do you hear the knock of the Savior's hand upon the door? You can repent this morning. You don't even have to come to an altar right here. You can repent right where you're standing, saying, God, I've made some mistakes. I've done some things in my life I'm not too proud of. I've done some things that I know that's against your nature and against your word. But today, I'm going to try to turn. I'm turning my mind, and I know when I turn my mind, that's going to help turn my behavior. God, I'm going to do a turn today. I'm going to do a about face. I'm going to turn away from that, and I'm going to turn towards you. Let me tell you, that's good news this morning. If you would choose to do that today, that is good news today. That's a tremendous first step. That's a tremendous first step. That's a, uh, that's a tremendous first step in striving, amen, to, to, to model what the gospel, amen, is, what it is taught and what it is preached. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't have to think about, well, what about baptism? Well, what this infilling? Man, just think about step one. Just think about repentance this morning. If nothing else, just think about repentance. Will you raise your hands right now to the Lord? God, I need you. God, I need you. I know I can't do this on myself. And that's the reality. Although you're obedient to the gospel, you wouldn't even be able to go through the steps of obedience if there wasn't such a thing as this good news as his death, burial, and resurrection. So this isn't works. This isn't you doing it. Because if you repented all day long and he never died, your repentance wouldn't mean anything. If you got buried in Jesus' name and he never went to the grave, that would not have any power to do anything. But because he did die and he was buried and he did resurrect, our obedience is meaningful to the word our obedience is meaningful to this precious good news oh may brother masons can you please sing something this altar is open i feel the holy ghost here today i feel that risen savior here today thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.